I want to talk to you this week and next week on the subject, don't let yesterday ruin tomorrow. Don't let yesterday ruin tomorrow. And I'm going to read to you a familiar passage that we usually read or similar at Christmas time. So if you brought a Bible with you, um, would you turn with me to Luke's Gospel and chapter 1? <clears throat> and verse 59. 57, I'm sorry. You, you may remember, just before I read it to you, an angel had visited Zechariah in the temple and told Zechariah that he and his aging wife were going to have a son. And this son would be great, and he told Zechariah what the ministry of this son would be. It turned out to be, as we know, John the Baptist. Now, Zechariah found it difficult to believe that. And so the angel said, well, you are going to be dumb. You're not going to be able to talk until all this has been fulfilled. It was a kind of rebuke for Zechariah. Now we come to the birth of John the Baptist. And this is what it says in verse 57. <clears throat> when it was time for Elizabeth to have her baby, she gave birth to a son. Her neighbors and relatives heard that the Lord had showed her great mercy, and they shared her joy. On the eighth day, when they came to circumcise the child, and they were going to uh, name him after his father, Zechariah, but his mother spoke up and said, not so, he is to be called John. They said to her, there is no one among your relatives who has that name. Then they made signs to his father to, have, to find out what he would like to name the child. He asked for a writing tablet, and to everyone's astonishment he wrote, his name is John. Immediately, his mouth was opened, hallelujah, and his tongue was loosed. And he began to pray, speak and praise God. The neighbors were all filled with awe. And throughout the hill country of Judea, people were talking about all these things. Everyone who heard this wondered about asking, what then is this child going to be? For that Lord's hand was with him. Amen. Don't let yesterday... <clears throat> Ruin tomorrow. As we go into 2023, the world seems an uncertain place at times, doesn't it? Rising costs, cutbacks, strikes. Are all the good days behind us? Or has God got something good in store for us? And I believe he has. <clears throat> there were people in the secular world that refused to be confined to the limitations that others might have put on them. I'll just read you a few of them. 
Beethoven's music teacher once told him that as a composer, he was hopeless. <laughs> Charles Darwin's father told him he would amount to nothing and would be a disgrace to himself and his family. <laughs> Walt Disney was fired by the editor of a newspaper because he said, Disney has no good ideas and lacks imagination. <laughs> um, when Thomas Edison was a boy, his teacher told him he was too stupid to learn anything. <laughs> and Einstein was four years old before he spoke. He spoke haltingly until nine years of age. He was advised to drop out of high school and his teacher told him he would never amount to much. <laughs> <clears throat> now, this incident that I read to you from the Bible, <clears throat> this little Jewish town, this little Jewish family, so long ago, all the male children were circumcised at eight days old. It was a sign of the covenant that God had made way back when with Abraham and told him that he would bless his family, bless his generations to come, and this would be a sign. It was a sign of circumcision. And at that time, they would name the child. And um, all the neighbors came around to congratulate and celebrate with this elderly couple now, this old priest and his elderly wife who had had this miracle child born to them. And they said, well, we'll call him Zachariah because his dad is called Zachariah and maybe his granddad was called and way back when. But God had something different for this child. <clears throat> um, first of all, it was a break with family history. No one in the family had that name. Family attitudes and expectations can, uh, they can be a blessing, but they can sometimes be a restriction upon you. In Lancashire, where I come from years ago, uh, the houses were two up and two down. And in the uh, 19th century, a lot of the uh, Lancashire miners emigrated to Australia, a fabulously large land. And they built houses. You know how they built them? Two up and two down. Because that's all they knew. Family restrictions. But God wants us to break out of family restrictions. I know my own father. His father, his grandfather... All his uncles and aunts, as far as we know, had no thought of God at all. But dad used to say from a very early age, he felt uh, a desire to be with the Lord. And uh, uh, when he was a teenager, he gave his life to Christ. And then when they got married, my mother and the aunts and uncles, it was like when we all used to meet together, it was like having a meeting you know, we would do uh, everything together. We almost took the offering on one occasion. 
The Bible says, instead of your fathers will be your children, whom you will make as princes in the earth. Also, it, it was a break with national tradition. Traditions can be a very stabilizing and reassuring thing, but also they can be very restrictive. They say the seven last words of a dying church are, we've never done it that way before. <laughs> there is a temptation to stick to the status quo in all of us, to stick with what is familiar. There is in the book of Chronicles in the, the Old Testament, the, the book of Chronicles, if you ever get in there, you'll get stuck. Because the names, good gracious, why can't they be called Smith and Jones or something? <clears throat> the names, hundreds and hundreds of names and names and names, and it goes through, and then it comes to one name. And it's, the Holy Spirit says, I'm going to pause here because this name is different. And his name was Jabez. And you read about him in chapter 4 of First Chronicles. Jabez, he was different. And this is what it says about Jabez. Now Jabez was more honorable than his brothers and his mothers called him his name Jabez because I bore him in pain. And Jabez called on the God of Israel saying, oh that you would bless me indeed and enlarge my territory that your hand would be with me and that you would keep me from evil, that I may not cause pain. Then it ends by saying, so God granted his request. Jabez was different. He said, I want God to bless me. I want my territory, my sphere of influence, my ministry, my expanse. I want my territory to be expanded. And God, I want your hand to be with me. What is it to have the, the hand of God with you? Those special occasions where God shows up on your behalf. We felt this recently, didn't we, with our own daughter, where God seemed to just show up at the right time. He also prayed that God would keep him from evil, which reminds us of the Lord's prayer. Lead us not into temptation. Deliver us from the evil one. And then he said, I don't want to cause pain. I want to be a blessing. I want to be a healing person. I don't want to cause pain, emotional, physical, or anything to other people. I want to be a blessing. So Jabez was different. <clears throat> so in this little home in um, just outside Jerusalem, um, in Zechariah and Elizabeth's home where John, the infant John the Baptist, was named, they said, he's not going to be called Zechariah, he's going to be called John because he's different. Now when John grew up, he had a phenomenal ministry. And Jesus said about him, he said, there is none greater in all the Old Testament prophets there is none greater than John the Baptist. What was the secret of John's success? I'm going to give you three reasons where his ministry was successful. 
first of all, he was filled with the Holy Spirit. You might remember in the Christmas story where uh, the, the Virgin Mary visits her cousin Elizabeth. And as soon as Elizabeth opened the door and said, good morning, the pregnant Elizabeth, the baby inside her, leapt for joy. <laughs> and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. It's the God factor. Every one of us needs the God factor in our life. Every one of us needs the help of the Holy Spirit. And this anointing, this ability to do what we would not normally be able to do. It says of Jesus that God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil. And Jesus, when he stood in his hometown in Nazareth and they gave him the, the book to read and uh, he read this. It was his manifesto and he didn't break his promises. He kept all of his manifesto promises. He said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to play, proclaim freedom for the prisoners, the recovering of sight to the blind, to release the oppressed and to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. So John was filled with the Holy Spirit. And the Bible says, doesn't it? Be filled, and that word is a continuous word. Be being filled. Wouldn't it be wonderful if you could go to the petrol station and get your car filled right to the top and even the petrol's coming out, or the diesel, in my case. And then for the rest of your life, you didn't need to go to that petrol station again. Wouldn't it be wonderful? Wouldn't it be wonderful, fellas, if you could have a shave? A really clean, not one of these scruffy, we have a few here, but. <laughs> a really lovely shave, clean and smooth, and, and for the rest of your life, you didn't need another one. Would it be good to be filled with the Holy Spirit? And that's it. The Bible says, be being filled. Be being filled. Hallelujah. Keep getting anointed. Keep getting blessed. Keep coming for prayer. Keep getting a bit more from heaven. Hallelujah. Because some of us leak, I'm afraid. Oh God, fill me anew. Fill me anew. The same Holy Spirit, but fill me anew. John was successful because even as an infant in his mother's womb, he was Filled with the Holy Spirit. Secondly, John knew his sphere or place of ministry. Here is this rough, tough guy dressed in a leather girdle and, and he was eating locusts. Fancy eating locusts. And wild honey. That's, he was a rough, tough guy. And he was out in the wilderness down by the River Jordan and he was preaching and people came from all over. He was a phenomenon. And so they sent some people from Jerusalem to ask him, who are you? Where do you fit in to the plans of God? And they asked him, are you the Christ? He said, I'm not, he said, I am not the Christ. 
And they asked him, what then? Are you Elijah? No, he said, I am not. Are you the prophet? He said, he answered, no. Then they said to him, who are you? That we may give an answer to those who sent us. What do you say about yourself? And he said, I am the voice of one calling in the wilderness. Prepare ye the way of the Lord. That's what I do. He knew his sphere of influence. He knew his restrictions. I am not the Christ. I am not a reincarnation of Elijah. I am not the prophet that you... I am the voice. This is me. He had discovered his ministry. And uh, the scriptures tell us, don't they? I'm just going to read you a little bit of Romans. That When Paul wrote to the Romans, he said, In his grace, God has given us different gifts for doing certain things well. So if God has given you the ability to prophesy, speak out with as much faith as God has given you. If your gift is serving others, serve them well. If you are a teacher, teach well. If your gift is to encourage others, be an encouraging. If it is giving, give generously. If God has given you leadership ability, take the responsibility seriously. And if you have the gift of showing kindness to others, do it gladly. (laughs) Do what God has given you to do. And uh, see, I'm not a Billy Graham. And uh, maybe you're not a Joyce Meyer or a Jackie Pullinger or an Andy Bennett playing away here or Rachel or any of the other worship leaders. You know, some of us sing like nightingales and others sing like a knight in jail. But we can do what we can do for God. I think I've told you before, many years ago, um, a a brother from the church came to see, wasn't here, but a brother came from the church to see me. And then um, he said to me, how's the church finances doing, David? I said, well, it's just a little tight at the moment. He said, you know, he said, I've been tithing a bit here, a bit there, a bit everywhere. You know, he said, but, I feel after talking with you, I'm going to bring my tithes to the church. And he was a real help. Hallelujah. <clears throat> you know, you don't, you don't eat in one restaurant and pay in another, do you? <clears throat> and there was a brother up in the little village of Renthorpe, and he had lots of land. And uh, when the motorway came through his land, they paid him fabulous amounts of money, and he gave it all away to missions. He was, he, was a, a, he was a giver. He found his place where God wanted him to be. <clears throat> uh, you may remember, or, or, or not, <laughs> uh, I assume a bit really, when King David was fleeing from his son Absalom. You might remember Absalom was trying to make a coup and take over. And David fled from the city of Jerusalem. And he's, he, he's on foot and he's leaving. And... Somebody called Itai. Itai had a band of soldiers with him, and he had fairly recently joined David. 
And so um, David said to him, listen, Itai, you're just a fairly newcomer. You've only come yesterday, so to speak. You, 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 and I don't know where I'm going. And I don't know how certain it's all going to be. Why don't you go home? No, said Itai. This is what Itai said. As the Lord lives and as my Lord the King lives, surely in whatever place my Lord the King shall be, whether in death or life, even there also shall your servant be. So David said to Itai, go and cross over with us. And then another man came. He was called Hushai. <laughs> now Hushai was David's long-standing friend. He'd known him for donkey's years. He was a very wise counselor, was Hushai. And this is what David said to him. It's happened that David had come to the top of the hill where he worshipped God. There was Hushai the archite coming to meet him with his robe torn and dust on his head. And David said to him, if you go with me, then you will be a burden to me. <laughs> he said, but if you remain in the city and say to Absalom, I will be your servant as I was your father's servant previously, so I will now also be your servant then you may defeat the counsel of Ahithophel. Now, Ahithophel was a very wise counselor that was on the side of Absalom. So David said to Hushai, he said, don't come with me, go back to the city, and you'll be more used to me there than you will if you're with me. <laughs> My father used to sing an old song many years ago. I, uh, when I used to invite him, he's long gone home to glory now, but when I used to invite him to preach at our churches, he'd been here in the early days and when I was up in at Beeston. Somebody said to me, why does your dad not sing anything newer than the 1950s? <laughs> that was it. This is one of the songs he used to sing. It was like this, not what I wish to be, nor where I wish to go. Or who am I that I should choose my way? The Lord shall choose for me. Tis better far I know, so let him bid me go or stay. Itai stayed, I went. They were because they were submitted to the king. And when your life and mine, brothers and sisters, is submitted to Jesus, it doesn't matter where we are, whether it's here or there, we're just submitted to him uh, to find your place where God wants you to be. And I remember uh, a lovely couple in this church. They've both gone home to glory. They were both ex-nurse matrons of, uh, you know. One was called Edith Tappin and the other was called Sarah MacDonald. And Edith Tappin was biggish and Sarah was minuscule. <clears throat> and... Uh, I remember Sarah saying, I found my ministry. It's recorded in Corinthians chapter 12, and it's towards the end. And it says, helps. <laughs> I'm a help. <laughs> I just help. <laughs> Hallelujah. Thank God for the helpers. <laughs> Thank God for the encouragers. <laughs> Thank God for those people who just assist on the way. Find your place and do it faithfully. John, he said, I'm not this, I'm not that, I'm not the other. This is what I am. I am the voice. Finally, <clears throat> he pointed people toward Jesus. 
This is what the scripture says in John chapter 1. The next day, John was there again with two of his disciples. When he saw Jesus passing by, he said, Look, the Lamb of God. When the two disciples heard him say this, they followed Jesus. When they heard John speak, they followed Jesus. What a great testimony. In the 19th century, there were two very <clears throat> celebrated preachers. One was the great Baptist preacher, Charles Haddon Spurgeon, who preached at the Metropolitan Tabernacle. And the other was, was a, also a very celebrated preacher that hundreds of people went to listen to. And I just cannot think of his name. <laughs> Someone went to hear this great preacher and they came away and they said, what a wonderful preacher he is. And then they went to listen to Spurgeon and they came away and they said, what a wonderful Jesus we have. Brothers and sisters, I want to be a person that encourages folk in the way of following Christ. It's not following me, it's following Jesus pointing the way, those to leave a smell of Jesus behind you, that sweet odor of the Lord. In the coming year, let's be different. Let's break from the old and look to God for the new. We're living in, in times of uncertainty, but as we've heard this morning, God is not uncertain. There is a solid rock. It is Jesus Christ the same yesterday and today and forever. He never changes. He will not fail you. He will not forsake you. Hallelujah. He's with us continually. He's the same yesterday and today and forever. The Bible says, let the weak say, I am strong. I am strong in God and the power of his might. It is not your strength that's the, the, the issue here. I remember many years ago when my daughter, uh, the one in Cornwall, was um, extending their uh, bungalow. They, they knocked the, the place down and... Uh, they were digging trenches and they bought a mechanical uh, digger. And she has, as you know, she has five kids. I think she would have had 55. <clears throat> but there was one on, her, one on her back and the other on her front. And she's digging with this footings digger, digging this thing out. But it was all hydraulic. The strength was in the hydraulic. It's not in your strength or my strength, but in the strength of God. Hallelujah. I will go in the strength of the Lord. So as we come to 2023, don't let yesterday, its mistakes, its failures, maybe its successes, don't let yesterday ruin tomorrow. As we come now, I'm going to ask us to pray together. 
And if you're saying in your heart as I am, I don't want yesterday to ruin tomorrow. I don't want any residue of unforgiveness or any barnacles on the boat to impede my progress. I don't want to harbor resentment. I don't want to go back to that. I don't want to let yesterday ruin tomorrow. I want to go into tomorrow with the Lord, with a new slate, a new start. Praise God. God does not know any new years. But we do. And we need a fresh start sometimes. <clears throat> I, um, I was never at school. I was never good at writing or spelling. I was good at composing stories. <laughs> but my, I think it was my geography teacher. He looked at my bo book. He said, Beresford, he said. Because in those days we had ink wells and a little scratchy pen. Beresford, he said, it looks like a fly has fallen in the inkwell and walked all over this page. <laughs> they were cruel. <laughs> they were merciless. <laughs> I was glad when I could get a, a new book. And God has given us a new year. A new year. And I'm going to ask you if you'll stand with me and... Uh, I would like us to pray together. I would just like us to do two prayers. And then I'm going to invite, if anyone would like, you know, to just come and stand at the front with us here and for someone to put their hands upon your head and bless you in the name of the Lord. I'm going to invite you to come as, as, we, as we say these prayers and as we sing that God will make this coming year, a great year. Don't let yesterday ruin today or tomorrow. But let's put the past behind us. Jeff has mentioned about that lovely verse. If we confess our sins, he's faithful and just. He will forgive us our sins. He will cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And praise God, we can get up and go again for him. So, there are all these versions and perversions of the Bible these days, aren't there? So I've put it on the screen, and uh, we sh it should come up, the version we're going to use today. Let's all say this familiar prayer together, shall we? <clears throat> Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors and lead us not into temptation but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Oh, praise God. That's wonderful, isn't it? What a, what a marvelous, marvelous prayer that is. Now, you're all going to be Jabez today. Come on, put your hand over your heart and we'll pray like Jabez prayed. It's going to come up on the screen. The, oh, that you would bless me indeed 
and enlarge my territory, that your hand will be with me, and that you would keep me from evil, that I may not cause pain. Is that what you want? <clears throat> oh, that you would bless me, that your hand would be with me. Hallelujah. Amen.